everyone. Welcome to Kumo's Unfiltered Combos podcast. Um, this episode is going to be one that I am actually really excited about. And I know I say I'm excited about every episode, but for real though, like, obviously like all of them mean a lot to me but um yeah like I'm just really excited to have my next guest on this episode um I've known this individual for almost two years now and it's really interesting how we met um but I really believe in just having individuals in your life that support you um and they're that that are like-minded obviously we don't have to think the same exact ways um but just people that really uplift you and you know they gas you up like hey you know and, (laughs) and, and my next guest Yes, Chris Joseph is literally that type of friend that just hypes you up and just makes mm. you feel like you're the shit. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so happy to have him on this episode. So, Chris Joseph, welcome to Kumo's Unfiltered Combos podcast. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. No, I am so happy to be here. And I don't have to make you feel like you are the shit because, Kumo, let me tell you something, girl. You are the shit, okay? Um. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so excited and honored to be here. I love always just like chopping it up with you because we go in. We go in. We are <laughs> offline conversations. We talk about everything. We can go on. So I'm so, so just happy to, to just talk with you. You know, thank you, Chris. Honestly, I'm I'm just like honored to even just have you on this platform, you know, and you're just really somebody that I admire and just have so much respect for. So thank you for being here. Thank you for giving me your time. um, Because I know your time is valuable (laughs) and it's just, oh, it's just amazing. So welcome again to Kumo's Unfiltered Convos podcast. Um, And Chris, uh, just a backstory of how I even know Chris is I actually met him um, at the Obama Foundation through the Obama Foundation, which is Mm -hmm. almost about to be three years now. That was in 2018. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it really went by so fast. So we, I, I met him through a mutual friend who invited me to the Obama Foundation. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just clicked since then. And it's just such an honor to be connected to people that really care about the community and are in these streets doing something and not just talking online, but you're really about it and about yeah. people. And, and Chris is one of those people. So thank you again for being here, Chris, and just being part of this conversation. Um, can you just tell my audience a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so um, my name is Chris. I am 22 years old. I am a senior at um, Arizona State, and I hope to work in like city management. That's what I've been more so passionate about. But um, I'm also on the other side of me, I'm a creative at heart. So I um, love to write and I love to sing so if there is an open mic sometimes I get up there (laughs) and I'm hoping after school I have more time to just focus on my on my music but um yeah so my passions have really been geared towards just like my community and whether that is through high school student council or in college with different groups like the black um like finding black students and making sure that they have um that they have somebody to share the gospel with them and so Mm -hmm. i have an organization called impact and that is our our goal um and then i think that's about it i i am just here and i love to support my friends (laughs) and um 
And one thing that I want to add on us, Kumo, is mm-hmm. I think that you meet so many different people when you're a part of different um, organizations and um, uh, events. But with you, we both had to take initiative to continue to further on our friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just what is so different about us is that, yeah, I met so many people specific event but you know some you just follow some you 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 might see say hi and bye but with you I would reach out and say hey let's go get lunch or you would reach out and say hey how are you doing and Mm -hmm. so what I love about this is that we both put in time and effort and I think when you do that in friendships you start to see different things come to life right right Um, and I'm very, very grateful for that because I've seen, I've, I know that I was going through some things and I needed a good word. <laughs> and Kumo, whether it was her post online or whether it was like a FaceTime call at midnight, I got it. You know what I mean? Oh, and I hope you. I could do that for you too. So I just want to point that out because it's, it's special. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that now as I'm getting older and now I'm, I'm kind of like transitioning out of like um, college. It's harder to keep friendships. Really? No, <laughs> it's hard. It's like, we're not just in the lunchroom every single day. So it's like, you know, it's harder, but. Aww. So, yeah. No, no, thank you. Honestly. And, and, you know, I think even just like going back to two things that you just said right now, like first, like, about how it is hard to keep friendships, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm 28 and I literally just lost a lot of friendships within the past couple of weeks just because yeah. of my stance and you know speak speaking truth to power and challenging you know somebody that people really liked. So that wasn't mm-hmm. easy, you know. And I lost a lot of my closest friends because I did that. Um, wow. So so it's like I'm also in the same boat of just like learning about like friendships like there's mm-hmm. certain friends where I was like yo that person's gonna be there for the rest of my life you know they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna be at my wedding like they're gonna see me raise my kids yep. like all that type of shit and <laughs> And it's like, damn, like life's not really guaranteed like that, though, you know, yeah. and that's what's crazy. So now more than ever for me, what connects me to you, Chris, is like mm-hmm. you're really like a friend that even though like we're you're way younger than me. I love that you 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 embody such a matureness about yourself where it's mm-hmm. like sometimes I even forget that you're younger than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I thought that I was older than you, not because oh, of like me. the maturity, but because you look like you're 18. Yo, that <laughs> so black I... don't crack though. Shout out to <laughs> <Right>. God. Period. <laughs> no, I was like, what? Okay. No, for real. No, seriously, honestly, like sometimes I'd be like, yo, Chris is motherfucking 22, sis. Like, (laughs) but like, I I love that we can like talk about anything. Like, we can legit have real conversations. And it's like, it's, it's like in depth, in depth conversations about real shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not superficial type of shit. And, and that's something that I really, really appreciate about you. And we can laugh Mm -hmm. and like, I can text you something or I can share a story with you and you get it. (laughs) (laughs) yes 
even if it's two days afterwards. Because lately, I've been responding super late. <laughs> but once I do respond, I still get it, okay? Right, no, and I love that about you. And, and plus, like, it's just like... like it's like now more than ever like i need like like-minded friends and people that get in like we can just like you know talk about things and and we're all dealing with all this shit in a global pandemic so like oof. our oof, it's crazy right like everybody's like how we respond to certain things is not always going to be the way that i expected it before the pandemic you know what i mean oh so, yeah uh, like yeah. i don't take it personal when you don't respond at all cuz i get it you know so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm not like, oh shit, he's he's on some funny shit. Nah, we get right, right, right. <laughs> no, it's a lot happening every single day. Some days I don't even want to look at my phone, mm. um, and then other days I can't stop. I just like all day, all night. <laughs> um, I seclude myself and just you know, and just watching video or like you know, um, articles and things like that. So this yeah. pandemic has definitely been a lot. For me <laughs> bro like seriously honestly and 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 it's like just like how you said like it's been a lot because it's it's like do you remember when we first had our our facetime and you were like mm-hmm. oh yeah you were trying to finish school yes oh, oh my, my god i don't even want to think about that shout out to everybody who is still taking their summer classes right now it is just i could not even imagine Whew. like I'm not the kind of person to just sit in one room and look at, you know, the same desktop or laptop or sometimes phone to finish your work and things like that. Like, I have been so Zoomed out. Like, I have a Zoom meeting for every single thing. So I had classes. I had um, board meetings. Then I had, you know, outside friendships you know, who, who, who wanted to call. So I was literally sitting on Zoom the entire day. It was so draining. And I know that sounds very, very privileged of me because it is, you know, um, and I'm very thankful that I get, I have, you know, Wi-Fi and I have the opportunity to have that. But still, it is very, very difficult. Yeah. So I'm very glad that at least I'm not, in school right now (laughs) yeah and 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 chris like even you saying like and i i also appreciate you just even acknowledging like your privilege too and Mm -hmm. i think that also at the end of the day it's like one thing that i've had to like train myself to to like um kind of like a mantra if you'd say Mm -hmm. like because we're still grieving you know what i mean like there's there's like plans like i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. lie like i'm gonna be honest y'all like I made plans for 2020. We all made fucking plans. Like we said this, like we all wrote down like, yo, these are the things that I'm going to do for myself, blah, blah, blah. Like finally I'm going to get to do A, B, C, D. And for me, one of those plans for me, to be honest, like was to move, to move out of Arizona. That was my goal. And most of you who know me know that I've been trying to leave Arizona for like ever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, nah, like this is not it. Like this is not the space for me. And 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 one of the things that I'm still dealing with, like I'm still grieving. I'm still grieving the loss that 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 dream that I had didn't yeah. happen the way that I wanted it to happen. Right. Like, right. And and those feelings are valid, and it's valid to feel like crap. Like I'm on a fucking Zoom call every freaking day. Like yeah. this is annoying. Like it's a because it's like that's not the idea that you had planned for yourself when you thought about mm-hmm. going to college right like right so it's like 
everybody's like grieving like in our own ways and sometimes it could be I remember for me like in the beginning of this pandemic I could not sleep like I had restless nights it was so Mm. hard to go to bed like there was no way I could sleep and you just start thinking like damn like is this it like (laughs) for real no for real Like, is this over, God? Like, I didn't even get to do all the things I wanted to do. We so young. Right. We are so young, no. I feel like the exact same way, especially just because there is a process to grieving Mm. as well. And I feel like I went through all those, like, cycles every single day or, like, every single week. Like, you know what I mean? Some days you're really, really just in a good space and you're saying you know what i'm gonna try to be productive i'm gonna start you know new um i'm gonna read i'm gonna drink my water and then other days you're like the world is ending right now i'm gonna Mm. sit my ass down eat my hot cheetos watch my netflix lay in my bed and not get up because especially when we have a revolution happening Mm -hmm. like people are dying like they are killing us you know what I mean Mm. and sometimes like for me it's very like you know we got to do this we got to do that petitions links we have to go out in March and and we were you know protesting for like a whole week but then it's just like it's sad it makes you sad Mm -hmm. it makes you sad that you have to even explain what the Black Lives Matter movement is to people it makes me sad, you know what I mean? When I got on Facebook, and now Facebook is where <laughs> I have, like, majority of my older, more Christian, you know, that type of friend group. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, like, older people that I just, you know, came in contact with. I have a lot of, of my Christian friends <laughs> on Facebook. Like, you know, a lot of my, you know, Caucasian pe- people <laughs> on Facebook. And the things that I was seeing on my Facebook page, Mm. I was just like, wow. So when all this like first started happening, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to just post on my Instagram and my Twitter because those are all of my like-minded folk, right? Mm -hmm. Those are all of my young friends who majority of them think the same way as me. So me sharing out information, we're kind of just like sharing information with, each other right I was like no I'm gonna go on my Facebook page because that's where I have a lot of people who I know don't really have a stance or might get silent around this time and do all this stuff. So, so I was like you know what everything that I see I'm gonna post that on my Facebook page and let me tell you something I have been receiving messages from people you know, talking about hey Chris are you okay are you like you know what's going on no I'm fine People need, to hear this. people need to hear this but I got to the point where I got so tired I was so just like angry and I really started to it it started to change the way I see people in the church mm-hmm. and you know my fellow Christians and it kind of started to scare me because I didn't want to have this become such a huge like divide between us because it shouldn't be like it is a very like I think common sense thing but I started to have so much anger and hatred and that's not me 
and Kumo, you know me. Mm-hmm. I don't have that much anger and, and hatred. But when I started to really get so mad, I was like, now this is the time where I need to step back and try to like get myself all the way together because it's not healthy for me and for me to go about my day like feeling this way. Mm-hmm. So I had to take some time to step back from it all. And those days were rough because you just sit in your room. <laughs> you know what I mean? You 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 might process, you might read, but it was a lot. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And 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 honestly, I, you know, that's and that's another thing that connects me to you because we both come from that background. Um, yeah. the Christian community and you know being mm-hmm. in in white spaces and right. where there's not a lot of us and really just like we've done the work of anti-racism and we're still doing it right like and we're mm-hmm. still continuously learning like we don't know everything um right and, and 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 that's one of the things that you know I love about you Chris that I can come to you and have these conversations right so yes. like like we're like-minded in that sense. So when I talk about even saying, Hey, like this pastor said, like there was a pastor who blocked me because I called him out for not, you know, highlighting Ahmaud Arbery's death, but he Mm -hmm. wanted to highlight a Trump spiritual advisor on the same day that people were like talking about this. So that really infuriated me. And I had, I'd known this pastor and he prayed for me. So I was like, no, fuck it. I'm about to come in this comment section. I'm, I'm not, I'm going to tell him how I feel. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, and I, and I, I, I hear where, what you're saying, even about like the, the church, because it's like, I don't know what it is, Chris. I, and I'm still trying to really understand it. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. Like I've had my relationship, like I found a relationship with God through the, the, com- the communities that I walked through. Right. But one right. of the things that I am really having a hard time understanding is if we claim to be about, you know, love and justice, like I remember seeing songs about like, seek God, no, seek justice, love, mercy, walk humbly with our God. Like I remember Mm. singing these songs and, but then when, when people want to say black lives matter, you want to say you don't agree with it. Right. Today I had to unfollow a black woman, Chris. Mm. I unfollowed a black Christian woman and what she said, she goes, Oh, I don't support black lives matter. And I was like, why doesn't she support it? You know? And she goes, Mm. Oh, they're, they're, they're the, they're bylaws, meaning their values. And if you look at the black lives matter uh, movements values, what they, what, what it says is that they, they're accepting of queer folks. They're accepting of transgender women. They accept Mm -hmm. everybody. Black women are the ones leading the, the black lives matter movement. Come on. Come on. Say it again. (laughs) So to me, it's like black women. So y'all know Mm -hmm. are the ones leading the revolution. They're the ones who started the black lives matter movement. Alicia Garza, uh, is an is a queer woman. She's a black queer woman. She's one of mm-hmm. the founders of Black Lives Matter movement. And Opal, she's actually a, a Christian. She believes in God. So to me, it's it, and there's another individual. I forgot her name. I'm so sorry. Um, but you know, to mm-hmm. me, it's like I like it. Just made me go like, wow. Like, do, re- do and people really think that this this movement is problematic? 
But yeah. then it's like I started to really reflect, like during this whole time, even before we started the, you know, the 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 the, the amount of Black Lives Black Lives Matter protests that we're seeing right now, and the way we're seeing it, we've never seen it like this. My generation yeah. and your generation, we've never seen what we're seeing right now, mm-hmm. like ever, right? So for me, like when this all first started, even before it started, just like with the deaths of Ahmad Arbery. And, you know, seeing that, and I didn't even get to watch his video because I just couldn't bring myself yeah, I couldn't. to do it. Like, yeah. it, it's so much like trauma porn, right? Like, we keep right. seeing our people being gunned down or killed. Like, I just didn't want to see it. But, mm-hmm. like, one of the things that um, that shook me was the fact that, you know, obviously people are like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, this is happening, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, when I think about how the Black Lives Matter movement is is approached within the Christian community, it's like even pastors won't say Black Lives Matter. Like right. We have to somehow kind of coerce you or prove to you why they matter. But the thing is, what I realize is that some pastors and even some Black pastors, right, mm-hmm. they struggle with this because we have to clearly identify the white supremacy that has been so prevalent in the Christian faith. Mm, speak on it. If you think about any black pastor, they are black, yes, but they still have to go to a predominantly white um, seminary, you know, Bible college where they were taught the Bible um, probably from the perspective of a white man, Mm -hmm. probably given the image of white Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And so as I get older now, I used to really be amazed by those, you know, ministers who are so on fire for God, who have the Holy Ghost and they memorize like every single scripture. The anointed man of God. (laughs) Right. And you can still know know the Bible front to back, but still um, perpetuate white supremacy speak on it and that's just not okay with me i think that you have to really understand the bible and not just understand how it was given to you Mm. i think you really have to take it and really dig deep because it's there right Mm -hmm. it's there just because we were um and and I don't even want to say that we were like introduced to the faith because that's not true. That's that is a myth. You know what I mean? White people did not hand Christianity or introduce it to black people. I don't believe that. Um, but just like, you know, with our history, there has been so many changes and we have to like we were stripped from our culture. Mm. Right. So um, now. I just think that there are so many preachers who um, don't want to rock the boat and they want to make their everybody feel good and happy. And they don't want to um, say things that that I feel like are clear, because when when God created me, he created me black. Right. Um, and he said that I was made in his image. Right. So when you go against me because of the color of of my skin, you're going against God. Mm, Speak on it, Chris. You're going against God because I, me, as a black man, God made me this way so I can bring glory to him through my blackness, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you kill me, 
because of my blackness, when you sit with white supremacy, when you sit with racism and hide that behind Christianity, I don't, I don't know about that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that one. I think there is a problem because you are going against God in that way. Mm. Right. And, 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 and you're right. And I think it's like, that's like, even what, what, what blows my mind is the fact that a lot of white Christians who have a close proximity to black folks Mm. think they don't perpetuate white supremacy, right? Mm. So, mm-hmm. and it's like, but you benefit though. You benefit, right. fr- fr- you benefit from white supremacy and you- You have to call it out. And you have to, <laughs> and that's what I did, right? So like, so when I called out, you know, that, that uh, Chad Johnson, it was like, mm. oh my God, why would you call him? <laughs> why would you call him a white supremacist? Like he's oh my not God. that. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're missing what I said. That's not mm-hmm. what I said. What I right. said is the man. And if you look at Chad Johnson, look at his his whole. You know, he benefits from black culture too. Period. Right. He benefits from black culture and we need to call that out. But he thinks he's safe because he has close proximity, right, to black Mm -hmm. people. So therefore, he does not perpetuate white supremacy. And that's a problem. So it's like within the church, one of the things that I've had to learn and the painful truth is that if we really look at the history of Christianity and not that many people want to do that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do that and they don't want to talk about it. Just like they don't want to talk about the what what um white people have done to black people, enslaved our people. They don't want to mm-hmm. talk about that. They don't want to address yep. that history. But then it's like if you really want to talk about, you know, creating a new system, I'm not saying reconcil- re- re- reconciliation. That's not a word I'm not using. Absolutely not. I'm going to use abolish and dismantle. We're period. talking period. We talk <laughs> We talking about dismantling a system, right? Yeah. That has systemically oppressed the black people for many, yeah. many years. So in order for us to see a new system, we have to acknowledge the pain yes. that, yep. the, that that the, the quote unquote founding fathers did to yep. this to our people. And yeah. we also have to look at it through Christianity. Period. Yep. No, I think what you said is so good because you said acknowledge. We have to acknowledge how in the past we were perpetuating racism. We have to acknowledge that. And and white supremacy. Like we have to, especially now, I think there are so many, I saw so many different messages and so many different pastors trying to talk about it, just trying to ease their way and calm everybody down. And, you know, I get that, (laughs) you know, I do, but... In order to really move forward, I feel like we have to acknowledge our missteps. Mm. We, we do. And, um, and I feel like that, this, okay, so you know how, like, in the past, the church never really talked about sex. Mm. They Let's never go, really my brother. talked Let's about go. sexuality. We're going to get there. <laughs> yes, we're going to get there. Because I, I heard what you said, and I'm going to, you know, talk about that. But. Now everybody wants to be like, oh, we're hip. We're a cool church and we talk about sex and blah, blah. We're not going to just give you like the little spiel. We're going to go in depth and have a whole three-part series and talk about sex because Mm -hmm. we're cool. I think that in a couple of years, 
race and black lives matter is going to be like that Mm. it it is going to be like oh yeah like 10 years ago people didn't feel comfortable really talking about it and going in depth but now we're gonna talk about it now we are more comfortable about it now blah blah blah. Mm. and i think as time change more people are going to be comfortable with it but i don't gotta wait for that like i'm not like i'm gonna be the person talking about it now Mm. that's like how i like I don't, I've seen what not talking about sex and sexuality has, has done for me. And I don't want that to go on with any other topic. So that's why when we talk, we talk about everything. Like I, I'm really trying to be more open and really try to like, be more like self-aware and just like talk about these things and not only with people, but myself as well. Like, what is your stance on this? Like, how do you feel about this? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I, I just want to, oh, ooh, you, this is, <laughs> but oh I am goodness. so happy. Oh my God, Chris, this is why I love you because honestly, like we're like, we legit think the same way because mm. even like when you even said, like you're talking about this stuff right now, 10 years from now, people are going to be like, oh my God, like, this is cool like this is the new hip thing to do and it's like and it even just takes me back to even like when four years ago i was talking about black lives four years ago Mm -hmm. i was talking about police brutality and now we got people on this bandwagon trying to be like black lives matter and it's like bro where the hell were you four years ago right but anyways everybody's at their own pace however i do feel like even within the church it's like when we look at dr king and how you know one thing i've really been sitting on chris Mm -hmm. is have you ever gotten the chance to read that letter from dr king when he was in uh, birmingham jail I have read it in high school, but I don't. Bro, I, <laughs> I know a little stuff. <laughs> I really encourage you, Chris. Like whenever you have some time, or anybody even listening right now, I mm-hmm. encourage you to go back and read that letter. You can literally find it on Google. Just type in uh, Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter in Birmingham mm-hmm. Jail. It's obviously long, but just read it, and you will see how it is relevant to literally right yep. now. Yeah. Everything he is saying, it's almost like he knew. I don't know. Like I, I really believe that God be speaking through people. Like I, I am a oh, big absolutely. believer in that. And and I and and you know, I feel like God was speaking through Martin. Like, and I'm a very visual person. So I I I started to visualize like when everything started going down with Ahmad Arbery, I just felt so broken. And I was like, damn, like every time I feel like, why would Dr. King say I just read that letter? What yeah. would he say to me right now? So I always mm-hmm. read that letter. And I was reading it at literally 4 a.m. in my room. And I just started reading it and I started crying because I was yeah. like, wow, like he's speaking to me today. Mm-hmm. And and one of his biggest disappointments was the church. Yeah. He compared the church to the KKKs. <laughs> and he said his oh greatest goodness. disappointment was the clergy, the white clergy meaning at that point they were they were the kkk at that point right but and it's like for me like i'm like fuck like why would he like and i keep sitting on this i'm like why would dr king compare he say his greatest disappointment was the church yeah why 
he was being beaten. He was being harassed. People, were, you know, like doing all these things to him. But why? Why would he say? And he, he just basically wrote his frustrations. He was disappointed. Yeah. You could feel his frustrations. You could feel how he felt. He's like, now, nah, fuck it. I'm done. I'm done being polite. I'm right. done being nice. And he started talking about how you're saying, you know, they were, they were trying to say he was problematic with mm. his stance on yeah. social justice. And it's like a lot of church folks love to quote Dr. King on MLK Day. But yeah. they're the same ones who criticize Kaepernick for kneeling. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, like you are speaking. Like I know I'm giggling, but it's because it's so true. <laughs> like, it's so true. It's like, so true. What? And then it's like, like how are you going to post about this man, but you criticize him? I don't understand. I don't understand. It just, don't, it just don't make sense. And it's like, it's like, what Bible are you reading? And when we talk right. about Jesus, Jesus was a radical. And I've said this on this podcast before, and I will mm. go dying saying it again. Jesus was a radical. I don't know what type of Jesus you read about, but when I read about the Jesus that I read about and I read about, like, he's a radical, period. Mm -hmm. You know what and I mean? And he's for justice. And for justice. Oh my gosh. No, but... And and can I be really honest yes, with you? And I'm going to kind of touch on, like, sexuality just because I feel like, first of all, I want you to know that I love Jesus. Like, I feel so grateful and honored that I got the chance to really experience God. And I gave my life to God when I was about 13, right? Mm -hmm. And I still vividly, specifically remember that day. But what breaks my heart about how, and when I say the church, the church is not a building, it's people. And so for the people who may not be like believers, when I say church, I mean the people. So I have been so hurt and disappointed how the church have responded to the LGBTQ plus community because it it really breaks my heart that somebody won't be they won't be able to experience god or i mean i god moves right mm -hmm. and he can chase down anybody and he is knocking us <laughs> he is knocking at the at the hearts of all of us right mm -hmm. but some people are going to completely reject and ignore any any talk about faith or God just because of the examples they've seen out here spewing out harmful, hurtful, hateful things. And it breaks my heart because like that is a space that I feel like I'm part of as well, right? Mm -hmm. So like I feel like I'm part of like so many different spaces. Um I'm part of the black space. I'm part of the Christian space. I'm part of the LGBTQ plus space as well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and while I'm there, like while I'm with these amazing people that I relate with on so many different levels. Right. And, and I connect, like I, I connect with, with them more than Christians sometimes, you know what I mean? Like more than black people sometimes. So when I'm there and I, it breaks my heart that like this whole thing with um with gay 
um, gay people are gonna, you know, go to hell and, you know, gay being a sin, it has kind of over, it's like this huge billboard, right? And it has like overshadowed the message that I feel like God put me here to say. Like, so no matter what I do, no matter what job I have, no matter what music I make, at the end of the day, I want everybody to know the good news, Mm -hmm. which is that God loves you. Like he created you and he loves you so much. And he's chasing after us every single day so that we can be in relationship with him. Because this, like, this is all going to end soon. Like this world is not it. Like I believe that there's more to life than this, this earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to just accept that accept that free gift and that is the message that i think should be plastered on billboards right that is the message that i think that the church or christians should have like i've seen a post and it was of a christian talking about um pride and being you know like i don't know why there's this whole pride thing and blah blah and you know just saying homophobic things of course right Mm -hmm. and I was so mad just because I was like are you do you not know that the first pride was a fight Mm. right people were protesting violently because they they did not matter so they're like in some ways you're right there shouldn't be a pride because the church should have loved on every single person in that space to the point where they didn't even need to have a pride. Their pride should have been in the pews. <laughs> and we have to acknowledge how we have caused harm to that space. And you mean by we, you mean the church? The church, yes. Because <laughs> I sure have <laughs> I mean, maybe, no, no, no. No, let me be real. Because I, I have just now started to, you know, be really self-aware. And my silence is part of harm as well. Like, I have never, you know, talked about that because Kumo, to be real, I didn't know. I didn't know how, what was my stance. I didn't even know my own, like, you know, sexuality. So, like, I'm just now trying to figure it out as well. And speaking on that, there needs to be more acceptance for that, too, in all spaces of, of people just trying to figure it out, yeah, right? Yeah. Um. And that's not just in the church because in the in the gay space, there is a lot of people who, if you say, yeah, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm trying to, you know, figure it out. It's like, there's always somebody in the back like, girl, you gay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. stop lying. Like, you're gay. And it's like, no, people, like, it might not be a big thing like it is for you. Like, some people have never even thought about that. Some people have never even felt sexual attractions till way later on. But I've, I digress that. <laughs> but no, I think that we have to acknowledge the harm that was done. And I think that I will not stand for that one second. I will not, I will not stand for that one second. Um, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, sexuality is something that I have been trying to really dive deep in and really try to learn about um, not only for myself, but for 
for other people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to be harmful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't want to per- perpetuate that. Yeah. And Chris, first of all, thank you so much um, for just even feeling safe to share mm-hmm. that uh, with, yeah. with us and with me. Um, because this, this is the point in this podcast is that it's a safe space. And yeah. I, I'm so grateful that you even felt open to share. Um, and, and, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that when it comes to sexuality, um, even for me, like there was a time I went to the club, I believe, when was this? And I told you about this. I went to mm-hmm. like, yeah, we talked about yeah, <laughs> and I went to a club and I was like, oh my God, I, I felt attracted to a girl, like a beautiful yeah. woman. And I was like, oh, whoa, like mm-hmm. I was attracted to her. Right. And, and I think that, and I know people are going to be like, what the fuck? But you know what? I don't care. Like, I really no. I don't care anymore. Like, this is a space where I want to talk about everything and to right. be real. And at the end of the day, it's what makes me free. Um, I believe yeah. that being authentic with myself is what liberates me. Um, yes. So, you know, yeah, I went to a club uh, a few months ago and I was like, I was dancing with this girl and I just felt like, and I was just dancing with her and I just started to feel like an attraction for her. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait, am I bi now? Like, you know, right. like, oh my yeah. God, like, do I like girls <laughs> and guys? Yeah. Like, what no, is for wrong? real. Right. And then it's like, it's like this, this, this thing where, you know, I had to check myself. Right. And I, right. I, I hit up like one of my best friends and I told her, Hey, like I, I went to a club and I was dancing with this girl and I felt really attracted to her. And she was like, it's okay. And I said, but why yeah. do I feel so guilty about it? And she mm. goes, it's, and she goes, it's because you are coming from the Christian background and we've been taught that that's wrong. We've been taught that that's a sin. We've been taught that that's a bad thing to pray that away. And, and I was like, wow, like her name's Riel. And I was like, yeah, you're like, you're right. Like, that's so true. So like when it comes to my sexuality and even the LGBTQI plus community, I, I, I am as affirmed as a cis black woman. I recognize that I have privilege and, and like you said, it's, it's harmful for me to be quiet, right? Like it would be harmful for me to say trans lives don't matter. It would be wrong. Right. So I, 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 I acknowledge the power that I possess. And as a cis black woman, it is my responsibility to be an ally that learns, that learns and doesn't go into that community being like, oh, this is how you do things. Absolutely not. I don't agree with that. It's for me to say, hey, I'm here to be a better ally. And and I know that black women, especially black trans, dark skinned women. Yeah. Yep die at extremely high rates yeah right so i Mm -hmm. acknowledge that and 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 my in my privilege i i know that since i am privileged in that sense i have to do better not just when people are not looking on or not just online but in real life as well and and you know going back to sexuality as well i believe that you know, and I love Jesus too. People who go mm-hmm. listen to this, if I have some church folks listening, oh wow, she's she's straight. You know, she's walking away <laughs> from the Lord. We have to pray for her now. Best believe, I have seen God in LGBTQ mm. folks. I have found God. I have found some of my closest friendships within that community, and they have loved me more than any Christian folks. Period. 
Right. Period. I don't give a fuck what anybody else says. And says, why Kumo, this and this. No. Some of my closest friends who are gay and lesbians and trans have loved me more than any of the folks within the Christian community. Period. Wow. No, yeah. No, same. (laughs) No, I can definitely attest with that. Like, I think for me personally, when it comes to sexuality, and I've never really, like, talked about this. And even to, like, my closest friends, like, whenever we would, like, talk about, yes, first of all, I love love. I'm a hopeless romantic. So I love love. I cheer other people on, but I've never been the type to kind of, like, have crushes or like you know go after you know people and it's because I had I didn't have a firm foundation when it comes to the topics of sex and sexuality it was broken like from the jump and I always felt so weird um and out of place just because my sexual experiences were so different than everybody else's so everybody was already so like assured of themselves growing up me meanwhile calling me gay for my you know interests calling me gay for how I talk how I walk and you know things like that and much worse things <laughs> as well but I just won't say it here but and I would always say no 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 and not even realizing what that meant and I just continued to say it because I honestly didn't even I never really experienced sexual attraction to anybody for a very long time and if you look up the definition i hate this word but homosexual mm-hmm. <laughs> if you look up that definition it is being sexually attracted to the same sex or being sexually attractive to the same sex mm-hmm. and when i was reading that recently i was just like well i my first time ever being sexually attracted to anybody was when I was like 17. And that's weird, right? Like a lot of people are like, what? And when I would talk about my, like, I just feel like I was a late bloomer. Like I, I've i never. And so I was friends w- with this girl for a very long time. And we were really good friends. And I mean, she was cute. Like, I think there is a difference between saying, oh, she's cute or he's cute. But being sexually attracted is like a different thing, right? (laughs) So I feel like we were friends. But when I was about like 17, it was my first time really like, and I feel like it was um, after conversations and really talking and connecting and vibing. I was so like drawn to her. And it was like my first time. I I was like, this is it. Like, this is what it is. Like, um, no, but I was about like 17, 16. And that was my first time really being sexually attracted to anybody. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, there were some, you know, there's guys that I think are very good looking. There are girls that I think are very good looking. So it's just like figuring out what that is. And I think that I never really talked about it. And I don't think that I will ever I never wanted to be that person that has like a whole coming out thing and I don't think I would ever be um just because I think that it's none of 
nobody's business unless like you want to know if I'm single or not <laughs> like and my DMs are open like <laughs> I'm single but <laughs> I don't think it's anybody's business right mm-hmm. but Hey, y'all. So you just listened to my conversation with Chris Joseph on sexuality, the LGBTQIA plus community, as well as sex. Um, And that was just part one, y'all. So we got more coming for you next week, Sunday. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Um, But other than that, please give us some feedback. We would love to hear what you thought about it, what you didn't like about it. Like, let's have a dialogue, y'all. Like, we want to talk. We want to make this a safe space for everyone. Um, So yeah, just reach out to me or Chris if you have any feedback and we would love to dialogue with y'all but catch us next week sunday as we continue this conversation on sex and sexuality and consent culture y'all hey see y'all next week